We're here with Michael Mambrino of Brain Art, and amongst other things uh, around the Boston local music scene. How you doing, Michael? Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while since we've we've all seen each other, but, um, but uh, yeah, I hope you're doing well and uh, your family and everything. Uh, what have you been up to during the uh, quarantine? I've been trying to like do with like concerts, like attending and hosting live streams because you know, the best we can do while still being safe. Uh, it's been right. hard not going to concerts because like I used to go to one like twice a week and then oh, yeah. it went from like all to nothing real quick. You know, like it hit me hard the first couple months, but now I'm trying to get used to getting more used to it. Yeah, definitely. When, uh, Michael, so, I know, oh yeah, I was going to say, we sure. met, the first time I can remember, and I don't know if this is Chris, this was at the Automatic Flea, I believe that yeah, was right. a couple years ago, and that place has since closed, but was that, give us a little background of when you started to conceptualize or get involved with the underground scene in Boston? Sure, sure. Yeah, like, it's interesting because I've had, like, little hints of it when I was, like, 13, and then I, but I consider myself never really getting, like, really into it and, like, going to a lot of shows like I do, I used to do back in February before everything shut down. I would say it was, like, actually, Ramalama Ding Dong, uh, 2018. That was like my first like moment of realization that like this is cool and I this is like what I want to do for a while until I turn 18 and get a job and have to limit my scheduling and everything. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that, that's wild. That that's awesome. It's uh, very humbling to hear that. Um, you know, we're, we're very pleased that, 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 I mean, that's a, that's an excellent first show, if I must say so myself, or not necessarily your first show, but like a good introduction to the underground. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you made it out and that we met. But that, so yeah, that what Glenn was talking about, that was a flea market, um, thrown by a friend of ours, Ian David McGregor of iDesign, set the... Oh, right automatic where'd you hear about that well i was just kind of walking around i went to the central flea which now got canceled and shut down and then while i was in that neighborhood my parents just found out about this and then that one at the automatic and then we just decided to go there and that's where i met you and glenn right yeah yep that's awesome um yeah i mean that's amazing and uh, I'm glad that they have stuff like that and hopefully will continue to once everything is safe to, uh, you know, because I do think it is a great way to, uh, you know, get, just kind of get out to the general public, you know, like you said, someone might just see something cool and then they, turns out they find out about a lot of like shows and bands and stuff like that. Um, so what kind of music were you listening to as a kid? Around that age, or like younger, or just even as like a as a as a younger kid. Well, kind of interesting because I was raised on like whatever my parents listened to, and I found the internet, and then just kind of went crazy. But um, yeah. But around then, it was like some alternative rock, indie, a little bit of garage rock. When I turned, when I get a lot, got a little older, older and punk. And then um, getting involved more in like hyper local organizations, music, art. I got into more like electronic and hip hop, which was interesting. But yeah. Nice. So, how old are you now? I'm 16, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so definitely, I mean, you're. Definitely getting a great um, exposure to a lot of different and diverse arts and music, you know, uh, with 
going through with the brain arts organization and the hassle and all that stuff. Um, can you tell us a little bit how you got involved with uh, those, those groups? Yeah, they used to put on like this teen music festival. Well, teen musician festival called yes fest. And, um, I went to one of their shows in Newton and that's where I met Sam. Sam Petrakis. Petrakis, yeah. Nice. And then, yeah, and then I think a couple months later, I picked up their newspaper, Boston Compass, and then I was wondering if I could like help out with the blog when Boston Hassel was still connected with Brain Arts. And then Sam Petrakis responded like, 20 minutes later saying, whoa, this is awesome. Please, please continue doing this. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. That's, I know again, that's, that's cool. That's amazing that, you know, picking up the compass for the first time, that must've been quite a, quite an interesting feeling. Like, I haven't even picked up like a independent zine, and then I just got the compass, and I'm like, yeah. it was like a infinitely experience. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that was so. Yeah, that must have also been around 2018 as well. Yeah. It was around 2018. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So now, like, when your work with the, because uh, you, you volunteer with Brain Arts and uh, and Boston Hassle. Uh, yeah. Nice. So, um, what do you mainly do in when you're uh, volunteering with them? Do you like, uh, you know, with putting on shows and uh, writing and stuff, or is there is there other things as well? I kind of hopped around positions for a while. Like I used to be a flyer coordinator. I did a charge of printing and hanging flyers, but it's actually pretty hard because, especially last year when I was starting to do it, because I remember Dan Shea would like print so many flyers and then we wouldn't be able to hang out all of them. So <laughs> it would always be like stacks of them like left over and it would be a little bit chaotic and then we had to look at guidelines to flyer production, which was definitely interesting starting out with. Then I, I do write some for Austin Hassel and Brain Notes. And now I'm just kind of, well, since the pandemic started, I kind of got involved less because there wasn't that much to do. Right. Yeah. Um. Hopefully there'll be more, more stuff coming up and such, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, but, um, luckily we still have lots of, lots of music, older music around and, you know, people are still recording at home and stuff like that. Um, has there been anything that's, uh, caught your ears or caught your attention lately? Any artist or anything? I've been getting into like a lot of like, Twisted Village kind of record artist musicians. You know them? Uh, what's the name again? Twisted Village Records. Uh, no, familiar. I actually don't know that. Yeah, they used to be in Cambridge. It used to be a record store in Label, and now they're they since closed the record store. But um, a lot of pretty big names on their label, like um. Like, you know, um, Kate Village and uh, Wayne from Major Stars. I know Major Stars, but actually I was, I'm not as familiar with the members. I know David uh, Dugan, but yeah, he's the oh, only uh, person in the band I know. But. Yeah, so there was like this group of them, like a duo, well, trio. Two guitars and a trumpet player, and they, they made this uh, project called Heathen Shame in the early 2000s. Before oh, oh, wow. So. Oh, Heathen Shame, you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I've heard of them. 
Have you? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not familiar with them. Because but, I think uh, thanks um, for the recommendation. I see. I don't know if you ever done this, Michael. Maybe if you had access, or I think they're online. But have you ever flipped through the old compasses? I'm going through a project right now where I'm I'm basically trying to tell a history of 2010 to 2019 in the Boston Underground. And I I think I remember seeing Heathen Shame. Yeah, they played some shows in the early 2010s, or maybe before then. I think they started in um, early 2000s and were on, they were on hiatus for a few years and then they actually had a reunion oh, uh, last December. I went there. It was like loud because pretty soul crushing and harsh noise, but also like a little bit jazz and psychedelic. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. It, it is it you came you came into the you came into the scene at an interesting time um, <laughs> as i'm sure you know i mean i don't know yeah i don't know he, yeah what were you gonna say i get referred to a lot like like i heard this from uh one of my friends who used to born here in Boston so I'm like the baby brother of um the Boston underground scene. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I was gonna ask you as as being uh sixteen years old, are you is there a lot of your uh like people similar of your age that you see around or are you um more of like an outlier, like one of the younger people in the room? Usually I'm like I invite a couple of my friends but occasionally like people that I know, like there's a few sometimes. Like, um, I volunteer at the Brookline Teen Center, you know, West Kaplan. Kaplan, yep, yeah, yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah, he works there, and uh, he's been trying to get some of the teens that record in the studio more involved in like going to shows and everything. So, there's definitely like a few people that I recognize from there from outside of Brookline, not too many to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I'm glad that Wes does that. I know he teaches uh, music and everything, and I, I forget the name of the band, but they opened for Lightning Bolt. Um, I'm oh, yeah. To think. What, yeah uh, what's Brooklyn the name of the band? Community Team Band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, so that do they was, go to your awesome. school? Yeah, they do. I go to Brooklyn High School. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's vital that uh you know younger people are get get involved with the local music and i think that unfortunately a lot of times it just doesn't for whatever reason doesn't reach perhaps um as many people but it, you know it seems like in prior times or maybe even even currently in different scenes that there is as well uh you know younger crowd sometimes but uh i don't know i guess uh maybe it be interesting hearing your perspective. Is there, you know, a way, you know, beyond just obviously hosting all ages shows, is there a way to reach, you know, a younger uh, group of people so like that the teenagers could come out to shows more and it could be more accessible or there any ways that you think can make shows more accessible for, for younger crowds? Personally, I think it all has to do with like networking and like, I hate to be, like, that one kid who's, like, oh, I'm a trendsetter, but, like, yeah. if, you, if you hear, like, you know, your teacher saying, oh, I went to this show, like, join your local scene, like, you're not yeah. as likely to listen to <laughs> your friend going to, say, going to a show and saying, hey, you want to go? Yeah, that's true. Okay. I think that's a big part, and then... Just kind of like an awkward, well, along with many other things, being 16, 14, 16, to 18. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. <laughs> but, uh, like an awkward um, stage to be like interacting with a lot of people you have no idea who they are. <laughs> <part>. <laughs> yeah, 
that's a good point. I do. I give you a lot of uh, credit, and because uh, I do think it is this in a lot of ways. I try to be cognizant of that. I think as much as possible because I sometimes forget. I know that that like you know you're you're around people of all different age groups and stuff like that, and um, you know, it, and I can imagine maybe, and you can speak more to this if you like, um, you know, sort of almost entering this like adult world in a little bit more. And like, you probably don't want to hear half our bullshit of like, Oh, I had to get up to work and all, this, and all this other crap and all this other stuff that you're like, ah, oh, what the fuck, man? I don't, I don't relate to that, you know? Um, but, or maybe it's, it's really fascinating. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I know Glenn and I, uh, I mean, I, I went to shows when I was younger, but living in the suburbs, it wasn't, wasn't quite the same. Um, like I going to shows when I was like 13 or something, they were a little bit more like, uh, this is, I guess a little dating myself a little bit, but like new metal <laughs> yeah, stuff like that was really popular at the time. And like, kind of like screamo stuff and emo stuff. And of course. Um, I, I was going to a lot of the stuff like that in the early 2000s and mid 2000s. And then I didn't really start going to more like the kind of stuff that we go to all go to now, like, um, underground stuff until like I was 20 really so that was around like 2021 or when i were going up and that was like 2011 so um you know i think by that point there's a lot of my our peers were like around the same age or a little bit older a little bit younger but um it's definitely interesting i i do love um you know uh just just seeing and hearing your perspective so i'll shut up and uh i'm kind of curious i guess to put it in a succinct way, like your person, curious, your perspective, uh, you know, as, as perhaps a younger person in the room, being in a room with older people and, you know, how, how, what's your per, like perception of that? I think that's interesting because I think it's a very harsh way to, exposed because it was like a lot out all at once but like my fourth or fifth show was actually a corpse fucker show in uh dap <laughs> wow <laughs> oh, so you like, saw them before the noise fest then yeah i did oh uh, okay all right because i was a little concerned i'm gonna admit i was like and i hope i am not warp warping these kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least you had seen them before okay so oh, go, go yeah, on so it was like interesting because it was like, you know, like a little, and it was like, I wanted to be like, oh my God, look at this. This is so cool. But then again, it was like, if I told anyone else about this, they'd probably call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, unfortunately might be a potential scenario. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think at some point it's like, we can kind of like, you know, there are certain bands that I, I agree that probably wouldn't be my like introduction for someone who's not in the know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the second way show ever. So, yeah, wow, crazier. The first one was pretty mild. So, oh, I can handle this, and then my mind was blown. So, uh, what was the first name? It was actually also a Dapper, uh, like Nico, Tracy, Peter J. Woods. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, a few other people. I don't remember the name of, but. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just even, again, like, I mean, Glenn can testify as well. Just even, uh, you know, saying going to like noise shows and stuff like that for like the two of us, uh, that was, you know, we didn't really, I, I think I knew what noise music was, but we didn't see any noise stuff till like way later. So, um, and I, I really, I'm not saying this in any sort of deprecating way, because I actually look at it with envy that I think you're, you really are um, getting a great amount of exposure to a lot of fascinating art and music that, you know, a lot of people your age perhaps don't. And um, so that's, I definitely like, that's why we, yeah. One what, reason why I think we had you on just because we're just really um, fascinated by you have a very fresh perspective um, that we don't have and a lot of our, you know, our friends <laughs> aren't going to have, you know, just simply put in, in that respect anyway. Um, you know what I mean? So it, it, 
it really is amazing that some of this stuff that like all of us are interested in you're seeing at a at a younger age and i think it's uh it's a really good thing well thank you um yeah yeah very different because i feel like especially in like massachusetts at least people start getting into the underground like culture of the music a little bit later than some other states interesting mm. okay because i don't know if it's not true but i feel like if i went if i lived in like i don't know the midwest somewhere like there would be a, a quite a few like more small bands that teenagers would know go and like more younger kids would go to shows because it would just be that's an interesting more, yeah, point different thing than living in like Massachusetts being exposed to a lot at once and then just trying to make sense of it and also enjoying it at the same time mm-hmm. I have a question for you on that note so as Chris was saying like a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff that so just to a little this a little thing on me i didn't really go participate in any music scene or like music stuff really other than like sometimes some bands would play at school but never really went to any shows outside of that um locally like chris did with a lot of those screamo emo all those uh pieces of crap um sorry for that but um (laughs) so, so the question is i think and this might I don't know if it's anything to do with what you're just saying, but is so in addition to the underground that's happening where there's, you know, a lot of weirder music, a lot of noisier stuff, a lot of, you know, a lot of that. Is there also in Brookline more, more pop or like straightforward rock that's not as weird that people are into? You know, are there bands? that are like i don't know i'm just trying to kind of conceptualize if there is also more uh accessible stuff that's that you're aware of that kids your age are performing and it's like you know shows and stuff yeah like you know the teen center had had a few shows quite a few times and um there's been a few um austin college bands and like late high school bands that would play shows around like JP and Brookline. So yes. yeah, there's there is a little bit of that. Because it's like or like, you know, seniors in high school, their friends are in college and then they get exposed to that a little bit early because like to name some examples of like bands that personally I've seen around that are like teen mm-hmm. bands that have like a little bit of an adult audience. You know a trash rabbit by any chance? That no. sounds very familiar, but they've been around um, they actually they're in college now, but when I first started heading into music scene locally, um mm-hmm. they were juniors and I was a uh, fresh Eighth grade, so not even high school. (laughs) Yeah, no. So yeah, it was interesting because they're from Newton, but they're playing shows like in basements in Austin and like that Greek American club in um, Union Square, Somerville. Mm -hmm. Also got exposure at an early age, which was pretty nice to see. But also did a little bit like more grungier pop punk kind of stuff. Yep. A little bit of like an emo twist, so. Mm-hmm. No, it is, yeah, it is uh, interesting. Yeah. Go on, Chris. I was just going to say, um, yeah, I, I definitely I was wondering, like, what are some of, what are some good bands that you'd recommend or stuff that, you know, that you dig that um, we should check out? Uh, I feel like you're you're probably more in touch 
uh, than we are. A lot of this stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I've been like digging pretty deep into you know Jonathan Nankoff. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep label uh, race tapes. Okay. Yes. Cool. So I've been like digging pretty deep into his discography and record label discography. So it's like a mix of like former Boston band who since moved to New York or Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. also, like, nice. Local favorites. And cool. it's definitely a mix of like weirdo folk, um, a little bit of everything. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, it, nice. is, wasn't there a a comp? Is that the compilation that came out? I think I was yes. reading. A, did Dan Shea review it or something? I think so. Yeah, I remember reading something about it, and it it struck me that whatever it was described a bunch of different styles. That seems interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Wait. Sorry. Well, I was say, what band? Is he in uh, Celebutant? Yes. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I know. No, yeah. No. No. Or okay. I'm trying to think. No. He he's in with same. uh with West, right? Um. He also had a solo project, Sundog. Sundog. Right. Nice. Okay. Okay. I think I'm thinking of two different people. <laughs> But I have heard of Sundog. Um, I know Dan posted about them recently, or uh, he did a write-up of like favorite stuff, and he posted Sundog. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so you've been involved with the Brookline Teen Center in the past. Um, how long have they been doing shows? Before I, I know it's way before I've been involved, so I'm not entirely sure. Because it's actually funny because it's in the studio. They have a recording studio in the center, and um, the window to um, the recording space, there's like a bunch of old flyers at the shows they used to put on. Mm. I have the year on them, so it's hard to really tell. Yeah, <laughs> I I know I've gone through like old flyers and stuff online, and and when you don't see the year, it's always like frustrating for me. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out what it is. I just geek out on all that stuff. It, it was um, pretty wild. There, yeah. remember that show last year? I think it was last year. American Whip Appeal played with Lane and a couple of the teen bands. Oh yeah, I remember that. It was the yeah. Glue. The glue, yep. Was, exactly. It was really, that was really crowded. A lot of, a lot of people came out to that. Kind of interesting because, especially in Brookline, you think because, like, the teen center, especially like exposes and like gets a lot of people to, you know, get exposed or like introduced to a lot of like underground bands that they I would see them more at shows that weren't directly related to the people they already knew exactly mm -hmm. different because I think it's like different because yeah <laughs> I don't really know it's hmm. like think that they would like you know explore a little bit more and like you know think but it can't always be like that, I guess. Oh, are you talking about the teens? Teen center, like, members and everything. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Had, like, so many shows that later on became, like, pretty big college band or... So it's like, maybe it's just my obsession with, like, digging into people, like, bookers, archives and seeing what I can find. But, uh, I've definitely been doing a lot over quarantine, like just like say, seeing who I know and seeing how many bands do they have. 
were they in and then like how many records or tapes or whatever I could buy to have them in it. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we know totally we, we we still do that to this day. That's oh, a, yeah, it's, a, it's a great it's a great little hobby. Yeah, dude, keep keep it up. Don't don't listen to the haters. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's literally like it's so many people are like I don't know when that show was or whatever and like ah, that's that's to me that's lame. You know, it's like I, I like digging up old stuff. It's like history. You know, you you're like learning about the past and then you know it influences the present and then we make a better future. <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah, I was gonna ask you. Um, I'm curious because I don't um, know too many people in, in that's been in school during like this quarantine. What was that like, um, like school, uh, you know, doing school from home and all that stuff? I mean, it was all right. Like I didn't have any strong feelings towards it or against it. Yeah. Like a very abrupt switch, switch, especially in Brooklyn, because they waited until the very last minute to close. Damn, Did yeah. they cut you some slack, the teachers? Yeah, like, I think they closed, like, a week after most areas closed in um, the greater Boston area. Wow. So it was, like, really, like, from 100 to zero real quick, and then we had to like, scramble to, the teachers had to scramble for, like, ways to keep people organized mm. so yeah i can't imagine and then they fired did you hear they fired like 300 teachers yeah shit wow and then they no. recalled them but for a lower wage obviously because they can't mm. bother so it's like and some of them still are fired but most most of them have been recalled and they just have to kind of negotiate their wage and everything. Right. It's great for them. It's not a good situation for them. Are they saying anything about this upcoming school year? That's the weird thing because everyone, especially teachers and students, they've been like really wanting to know what the hell is going to happen, but there's not much evidence of or proof what's going to happen in September. Just mm. kind like a waiting game, and I'm sure they're going to like one week before school starts again, they're just going to say, okay, hey, this is what's going to happen, and then Everyone can be like, finally. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's uncharted territory for sure. Um, and hopefully they make the, the right the right choice. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a wild time. Um, at the very least, luckily, we do have all the music out there that we can be and we can connect and do shit like this uh that's at least one positive of it you know um yeah so now in the summertime that you're a, you get school out of your hair and everything uh what have you been doing uh to keep busy nowadays i mean i've been going to like a few outdoor shows because oh shit yeah like, you know, a lot of the bear cages, like, they're, they're starting stuff up again. Did hear about that. Yeah, can you, yeah, we heard about one coming up. Um, you don't have to give us too many details, but we can talk perhaps after the podcast sure, sure. a little bit about the details. But uh, but as far as, like, outdoor, uh, yeah, I've heard uh, some rumblings about some stuff, like, uh, you know, um friend of ours that we had on the show. Is there electricity? Ago. Show. Here's like they sometimes bring a generator or something they don't. Okay, that makes sense. Ability of everything. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, yeah, I heard of a noise show before. So they've been having outdoor shows or like noise shows or just. They had one so far. Okay, yeah. This year. Uh, yeah. That was at the bear cages? 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Definitely keep us in touch about that. I've heard of something coming up, but um, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, with good distance and, you know, people wearing masks, that that's feasible at this time right now. I can't really think of anything too much beyond that without it being unsafe, but I think that's feasible. And um, so hopefully. And yeah, um, like that, you know, Especially, yeah. <laughs> especially with like the bear cages, it's feasible because well, one, not many people go to them. Right. Two, even less people are going to go to them because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the bear cages, uh, we've actually Maybe. never been there. Um, I've heard of it for years. Glenn actually referenced it in one of his uh, G Gordon Gritty songs, but I've actually never been there before. So. Um, what's a barricade share like? It's definitely like a surreal experience because like the barricades haven't been like purposed for bears and like age. Yeah. And they just kind of left them there. So it's like walking through kind of like a sacred forest of some kind. <laughs> and like, yeah. It's like there's the statue of the bears, and then they um, it's like pretty much untouched, but like it's like covered in graffiti and everything. Is it pretty removed from the rest of society? You know, as such as such that there wouldn't be much of a threat for authorities to come. Depends, because. There have been a few arcade like shows that have been shut down there, but um, it just kind of like depends on how loud, how many noise complaints they get, or if police are on like the surrounding streets or area where it is, and they hear something. But doesn't happen too often, as much as you would think it would. Right, that's good. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it always sucks when um, shows are busted and everything. Um, you know, it, it's bound to happen, uh, unfortunately. Though, in my experience, I mean, and I've definitely been to a ton of shows over the years that have gotten busted, but, like, my experience, actually, though, if I counted them all up, it, it would probably be a small percentage, and maybe I'm just lucky. But uh, um, And we've never had a show got, got broken up before, so... I, I don't know. I keep that in mind, and um, fortunately, a lot of times we hear about the negatives, but and it, and they, you know they're bound to happen. They're going to happen, but uh, still shouldn't stop us from uh, you know putting on doing the good work. Um, it also, it just hit me now when we were talking about earlier the sun dog you mentioned earlier. I'm like, oh, okay, I know who that is. It just hit me now. I definitely was thinking initially of someone else. Anyway. <laughs> like it it gets like over the years sometimes you like start to like screw people up or you Oh you were like, thinking think of the other son? Different... No, no, I was thinking of another Jonathan. I was thinking of um the kid that was in uh I we we I'm sure we all know him, but I I definitely um know him. He's he was in Corpse Buckers actually. Um oh, yeah. he played in he was in Celebrity Time with uh, Mario I'm not sure who else was in that band, but um, anyway, good, good dude. But uh, that was who I was thinking of initially. Now I know who you were referring to with Sundog, different person. Um, yeah, it's actually a, that's an interesting point too. Just even that, I think with you had mentioned even like networking before. Um, how is that with like going out to these shows and just meeting a ton of people? Is that uh, like you know? I mean, I, I know for me. I feel like sometimes, you know, it's like it's hard to keep up with people. Are you finding that you're just you're meeting like a ton of new people that, um, you know, you you never would have before, perhaps? Definitely. Um, like I have like a weirdly good memory when it comes to everything, so I can't really speak on like how easy it is to remember like 15 different Jonathans or 15 different Michaels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, so 
because I've had pretty good luck with like remembering people's names when I meet them and then especially you know, like at shows because usually they recognize me first and then I then it hits me. <laughs> nice. Instead of me trying to remember who that was and then saying the wrong name or completely yeah. different person with the same first name but a completely different Jonathan like you were saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're, you're a memorable cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what's, what's been your, what's your favorite show? In your experience? That's a hard one. Yeah, it's always a tall order. <laughs> favorite show has to be either, um, I saw Joey Pizza Slice in uh, Future Punks at Deep Thoughts. Oh yeah, I was at that show. That was a that was an awesome show. Either that one or um, there's like a hardcore flash noise show at the Democracy Center. Mm, who played that? Um, Pain Chain. You know, I think yep. you met them a couple times. Yeah, we did a show. Uh, Pain Chain played not the last noise, but not the like previous, but the second to last one. It was yeah. in like March twenty nineteen. Yep. Cool. And Wimp, Kind, yeah, let's see, and a duo of uh, Sam G's um, partner and Tyrion uh, Eater from Fall River. Okay, cool. So that was a wild show, and it ended because... The venue, they have like a strict no noise after a policy. Right. Which actually works most of the time at that venue. Oh, what's that? It actually works pretty well. Oh, okay. Yeah. At that venue. I've yeah. been to a show that ran late at the Democracy Center, which is interesting. Hmm. I've only been there a few times, actually. It's, it's weird because uh, they have a lot of great shows there and they do a lot of cool stuff but i um i've only been to a few shows over there over the years and uh it's either been like something else is that same night or i just whatever reason don't make it out there but yeah i mean definitely a, a cool spot i think it's like so saturated boston with venues well venues and houses and everything in between mm-hmm. yeah so it's like you have three shows, but you can only go to one. Yeah. You have to like pick which one and like which one are you going to miss the least if you didn't go to that one. Right. That's a good point. Uh, I was going to say, as far as venues, what's your favorite like legitimate venue? And then also, what's your favorite underground venue? Well, I have a lot of bias because I have worked there for like two years, but um, which I start project. Hell yeah, it's a yeah, great spot. And um, for like more underground stuff, well, don't just start project and say underground, but it's not underground. But right, I guess when I meant underground, I meant like uh, like uh, and even legitimate. I kind of actually regret saying. E- that's actually that, yeah. I don't mean to say like an underground spot isn't legitimate, but rather like legal. I guess I guess legal versus illegal. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah. I guess what would be the like sort of like house slash whatever kind of underground in that sense uh, spot? What would be your favorite? It has to be Trixie Palace or House slash Farm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, both both excellent. So yeah, Trixie's Palace and the Last House. Uh, yeah, our farm. Definitely two um, excellent houses. Uh, we love both of those. But yeah, I mean, uh, what some of the shows you saw at the at the last house? I know, I remember, I've seen you at a, a handful at, at Trixie's. Yeah, um, I actually only went there twice. Um, uh, they were pretty memorable. I saw like a noise rock show first time. It was a uh, aneurysm. Okay, yeah. Um, Grizzlor, Will ZYX, and Deep Hole. 
So that was like, you know, and then I realized how tiny, well, not tiny, but like small that space is and how cramped they can get. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's pretty tiny, but like, um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. And uh, Trixie's, well, the noise fest. Um, Thanks. I went to a Disposable America show, half shower, Annie Blotch. Okay, cool. Nice. And um, I saw Emotimokos there with uh, Lane. That was going to be their second show ever, Lane. Wow. What was the first band before you said before Lane? Imelda Marcos from Chicago. Okay, cool. So yeah. My favorite like, underground yeah. Well, illegal. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, I love both of those spaces. And um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting where you should it being like uh like the last as being a kind of a tiny spot it, it, it totally is and uh but you know it kind of at the same time i that's partially what i love about it because it's it's like it's still an excellent space and it's sort of like this is what we can do and, and use uh to create an excellent show you know what i mean this, this is a house and space that we can still have um to put on you know a show and uh and and use it for that and i've seen some kick-ass shows there too and uh man i just can't wait to get back to get back to shows i'm sure you feel the same way yeah. but yeah i'm good but uh i just dropped my phone that i'm going through but i hope that wasn't too loud for you guys it's all good it's all good, <laughs> all good. so what do you think the future's looking like for uh, shows? When do you think the first, uh, for lack of a better word, like proper, beyond like yeah, sort of indoor. small outdoor, yeah, or even just a maybe perhaps bigger outdoor show? Perhaps when do you think the first one will be? Exactly. It's interesting because I'm pretty sure there will be shows, like in the next few months, where. They're not safe, but people are putting them on anyways. Yeah. But like the first like show where it's actually safe, I can't really say because I'm like, well, I'm not like an expert on COVID-19. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Hard to say because like everything's so unpredictable and with like, the government mishandling this completely, we and like flattening the curve and making it into like a half pipe instead is just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, uh, there's definitely massive like mishandling from the government, and um, you know we're in this shitty situation. And um, I mean, yeah, I think uh, as far as shows going, I hope people. I is a concern of mine because I do want people to be really like safe and have to realize that we are a pandemic and um, obviously we want to get back to shows but I look at it as like in the long run like we might we have to temporarily deal with this, this you know this massive problem but ideally the more I mean the problem is the more people get back it will just push us back even further so I kind of look at yeah. like, you know it's like, do we want to get back, you know, uh, obviously we want to just generally make things much better than they were, than they were in the past. But like when we, if we get back to some semi-regular, what we were doing, especially with regard to shows, it's like, you can't go too backwards. Um, so that's kind of my own take, but I think you're right that um, there could be some more shows. And I think there is safer ways to do that, like you've already described as well. So that's, you know my hope as well and uh yeah and i guess we'll see how it how it all plays out um do you have any like ideas as far as um let's say like you know going forward with shows let's say even like there's a vaccine we're in the future 
whatever X amount of months time from now and this vaccine in place and, um, you know, we can get back to going to shows in a more, the way we were perhaps accustomed to in the past. Do you have any ideas um, if, like, unfortunately, some venues aren't able to reopen? Do you have any ideas for how we could, you know, uh, bridge that gap and still be able to put on as many shows and go do and attend and play as many shows as we had in the past. Do you have any ideas as far as like what we could do um, to sustain ourselves? Like a huge question. Like, <laughs> I think for the next, I'm not going to make like the time frame, sure. obviously, but um, keeping mm -hmm. outdoors and killing like, and settles and yeah, either like until a vaccine developed or you know the curve is actually flattened outdoors. I think is pretty much the way to go for foreseeable yeah. future. Yeah, Chris yeah, and I were definitely. talking about it. We 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 hope that I mean, of course, we love going to off the radar kind of shows no doubt but it would be nice if don't you think if some venues or promoters organizations work with maybe local businesses or local governments and try to at least in these i know time's kind of running out on the good weather but as far as having some outdoor some more outdoor events rather than because i think i don't know if you agree there is a way that we can make it safe or at least safer yeah i, I agree with that because on one hand you know you want to make it as safe as possible but then you also want to like be in this situation until the end of time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think like so oh, much worry people can really handle until they either snap and go back a hundred percent or they just kinda stay in purgatory. Mm. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. Um I think we fortunately uh, had to wrap up soon, but um, set a couple last questions for you. Um, so I sort of, I think I kind of said this before, but um, what's something that you want to see more at shows? I mean, this is kind of a broad question, but what's something that like uh, you want to see more from the, the you know shows and the DIY community that or things that we can let me rephrase this. What's something we can do better as a whole to make, um, just also make shows better in the underground? Personally, I think it's communication and organization, like coordination, because like this is just coming from a 16 year old with parental gardens who are guardians who are like, Come on, when is the show gonna end? I'm not gonna stay up until one a.m. and pick you uh, up. I, I met your I met your family. They 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 were very nice, very cool people, and I don't know if they remember would remember me or not. But I say hello. I'll say that they were very. I nice. remember that. Yeah. They were, <laughs> um, they they were really cool. Um, they yeah. Are, well, definitely, extremely. Yeah. Chill with me going to shows, especially. Yeah. Every time we. It just, you know, when you have, when you're lying on someone else's sleep schedule and everything and you can't, <laughs> you can't just, so I think like coordination with like scheduling yep. and things come up all the time and totally like not quote unquote DIY to start a show on time in some scenes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think if you really want to like have younger people like teenagers going to these shows. I think 
like people of more like diverse backgrounds and more inclusive, I think, yeah, I think they just kind of have to, you know, have like a clearer mindset when it comes to that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It is. Um, I think that, yeah, it, it's definitely, yeah. it does take, um, I think, yeah, I, I hear you on that as far as making shows more inclusive. Um, you know, it, it can be tough, but I think definitely as far as like diverse backgrounds, it could be a lot better. Um, what are you going to say, Glenn? Sorry. Oh, I was going to say that, yeah, I totally agree with everything, but also as far as shows, this is actually, I think, a, um, an interesting thing that we can relate to, even though we're several years apart in age, is 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 the fact that I, I believe that, you know, people like Chris and myself, and you can come to agreement that ending shows earlier, especially during the week, for you, you have to go to school. For us... We got to go to work in the morning. For a lot of people that are in that 18 to 25-year-old bucket, they can be a little bit more – they're a little bit more wild and they don't care about time. But it is is interesting that, you know, I talk to a lot of people our age and especially, you know, way older than us that, you know, they're all in favor of the show's ending – yeah, you know, ending a little bit earlier or starting on time, kind of doing yeah. that better. And <laughs> yeah, it, um, I think we can can come to that kind of consensus, and we just got to get those, those uh, what are they? Well, I don't know what what your generation is, and the generation in between yours and ours. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think I'm with right there with you on both, uh, both right there with you uh, with both of you on that. That uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I think it is perhaps maybe even just a small group that um, yeah that probably doesn't care as much about the time or being later because it, it's definitely not as uh, it's nothing it's not as glamorous being like hungover at work on like a Tuesday and you're like you know we're at a show as much. Then again, at the same time, you know, like it's still, it's it, in the end, it's all worth and fun, and and uh, perhaps I would say, uh, you know, hey, when when your mom or dad says moderation, you know, you listen, you listen to your parents on that one, you know, they uh, everything in moderation, including moderation, um, <laughs> is generally the way to go. <laughs> Um, don't listen to anything we say. That's probably a good piece of advice. Um, and uh, my final question, or not even a question, do you have anything else you want to say or anything that, um, you know, any shout-outs, any plugs, anything? Yeah, now's, that, now's your time. I, I don't know yeah, if, not anything if you, you think is If you've done awesome. any long, long podcasts of this variety before, but I'm sure you have many more to come, Michael, but – if you want to plug anything yeah. right now. Yeah, or something. Sure, sure. Just anything you want to say. I actually have a nice project because I just released like a, I think, half an hour long EP last album. It's called Flowery Speech. Okay, cool. Find it. Check that out if you're interested. And that's like the only... Uh, art form I'm art project I've ever done. Oh, cool. Uh, what was the last thing you said? It's the only like art project I've ever done, like noise or music or film. So okay, cool. Definitely a good start for me. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So it just I have a band camp and uh, or you can just check out my SoundCloud, uh, Michael Mabrino, and then I'll be in my playlist or album section. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So Michael Mambrino on uh, SoundCloud and on Bandcamp. Yes. yes. Sweet. All right. Well, I want to say again, thanks so much uh, for being on the show. And um, also thank you very, very much for saying, uh, you know, 
Ramalama Ding Dong was your, you know, your um, the first kind of like underground show you went to, and that it, it means a lot to us. Um, <laughs> more more than you probably can imagine, it means a lot to us hearing that. It's very humbling. Well, thank you, and uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll see you out, out, out and about yeah. soon. If not, we'll we'll catch up. We'll catch you at the bear cages or somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah. at a, a regular show sometime in the near future. But one way or another, uh, we'll catch you somewhere out there. All right, All Michael. Right. Thank you Peace. so much. Peace out. Peace. Thanks, Michael.